Welcome to the School of Calisthenics podcast with your hosts, Tim and Jacko. What a pleasure this week's podcast was. We had Georgie join Jacko and myself to talk about everything strength, play and conditioning related. And some of my favorite conversations when you get three coaches around a table and we just chat. Yeah, and I think one of the really nice things about it is obviously we're all coaches at the Scorecard Senate. We share um, a belief in in the way that the, the Scorecard Senate likes to uh, formulate our training. But we all have our own individual narratives and our individual takes and slight uh, nuances on the difference between movement strength play um, and that new addition that we get to talk about conditioning um, and uh, we really hope that the the conversation and the hearing those different insights gives you some uh, potentially gives you some new ideas of the way that you look at your training the way you look at movement the way you look at strength and but also like to hope that it challenges your thoughts on your um, how you can incorporate play into those sessions and how conditioning can be done in a potentially slightly different way. You'll be glad to know probably shorter way, um, but certainly in what we're liking to describe as a fun way that you're able to do just at home with your own body weight. Yeah, we're really excited to share this with you guys. It's strength and play is such a massive part about everything that the School of Calisthenics is and the things we really enjoy. And it's, we've sort of taken some time to, to really shape this, to put it out and to share it with you. And we really hope you're going to check it out. And you can do that on a seven-day free trial, get access to all of it. And the launch offer gives you 50% off. The code you can use on the checkout, Jacko, Freedom is... 50, because we believe that the uh, the strength play conditioning is going to give you the, the opportunity to have freedom to, to move, freedom to play help you get strong and also get fit so the code is freedom 50 if you click the link in the show notes that code will be added automatically so you don't even have to worry about it and if you go in there you're going to find two new training programs you've got an exercise tutorial library so if you're looking for some inspiration to just freshen up your training program you want to move in new ways but you've sort of sometimes looked at calisthenics and thought i don't know it looks a bit difficult there's so many exercise progressions in there that you can just play around with you can take as much or as little as you want to and just properly bring some more fun and challenge into your sessions and there's also a load of workouts which have been designed and created by the School of Calisthenics coaches, which are going to pre really well structured for you. It's dead simple. All the exercises and the little video tutorials in there to help you go and do some more interesting strength, play workouts, and also, as Jacko mentioned, those conditioning workouts as well. Often things like 15, 20 minutes worth of work, which is just going to give you a proper little blast, get those intensity minutes in the bank and help you to move well and get strong at the same time. So I hope you will uh, go over and, and check that one out. It's something that yeah, we're totally... Uh, on board with and, and passionate about and uh, really embodies everything that we think that the School of Calisthenics has evolved to be about. So without further ado, here is myself, Jacko and Georgie. Sit back and enjoy. Roll that jingle. So we have Tim... Me, Jacko and Georgie here, around the table discussion about the ins and outs and our philosophies, which I'm sure, hopefully there is plenty of crossover, but there'll be some individual um, takes on this. And I hope for the listeners out there, there's going to be some, some of the, our different, slightly different views and approaches maybe will resonate with different people. But we are talking all about movement, strength, play, and with the added bonus slash kicker of conditioning. 
It's a good starting point, Jacko. If I was to ask you what your favourite or most memorable line was from the film Cool Runnings, what would you say? Um, kiss me lucky egg? No, the other one. I'm feeling uh, very Olympic today. <laughs> What's that got to do with it? Well, I'm feeling very opinionated today, oh, so this could be good. I like it. So You haven't I'm got your Paralympic forward... t-shirt on. Well... You know, I like to remind myself sometimes <laughs> of the good days. <laughs> um, so I want to get stuck off. Let's let's frame this up around. We're going to talk around this strength and play concept and how conditioning fits in with calisthenics. There'll be loads of people who during recent lockdown events have been training at home. They'll have probably explored bodyweight training. I think often what surprises us and it'd be great to get your guys' thoughts on this, but like when you speak to people that aren't in calisthenics or haven't really had much exposure to it, what they think calisthenics is, is actually much smaller. They, they go, oh, what, so what do you do when you can do push-ups? Or I do, I do, I mean, we have Mark Bell on, like massive power lifter. He's like, oh yeah, I can do bodyweight squats. Is there anything else you can do? I was like, oh, crikey. Like, it's, it's, there's a massive world out there. It's, and, it's and like this going is into a, a sweet shop and only having the strawberry bonbons. And going, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a solid choice. Yeah, but it cuts, my te- it cuts my tongue up after a while and I get an ulcer. And you're like, there's all these other things in there. <laughs> but strength playing conditioning for me is all about like broadening out this idea around um, the different ways that we can move, moving in new ways where it's not always that challenging. George, I want to bring you in first on this one. Like, What does strength and play means to you and we can we'll deal with conditioning in a while that's where we're probably going to get into the meat of this but talk to me about strength and play what's your philosophy around it and what do you like about it um so i think strength is always the the foundation to a lot of what you're you're going to be doing whatever that exercise might be um the strength is the real base to it and it opens up new doors with new possibilities to be able to learn new skills and then i think the play element is that most of all you need to be having fun within whatever it is you are doing. If you want to be consistent, you want to make progress. Um, if there's no sort of play element where you're actually finding what you're doing is fun, then you're not going to keep revisiting whatever that is. Um, and then that's where you're just not going to feel the progress. Um, and you can get a little bit lost in what you're doing. So I think the play element has to be super important. Um, and I think like when we were kids, we didn't overthink stuff. And if there was something we wanted to do, we just went for it and we had some fun yeah. and we didn't think about all the dangers that there might be. Um, so as we get older, we start to sort of overthink stuff or worry that we're not good enough or we compare ourselves to other people and what they're doing. But I think the play element really is just finding that sort of inner child, like what excites yeah. you about movement and um, like, how can you apply that? It makes me, th- it makes me think you're almost saying like the, the play element takes away that takes away some of those barriers it takes away things about when you think of play you don't think of like perfection and that sort of worry of something needing to be perfect play is like a it's it's obviously it's fun but there's there's that exploring element there's the famous like einstein quote the play is the highest form of research so we like we can explore we talk about exploring our physical potential with bodyweight training and the the idea that this play thing doesn't have to be separate, doesn't have to be this thing over here that if I've got some time for, I'll do. We're actually talking about infusing it into like our, our day-to-day workout potentially involving getting strong, but also, as Tim says, we'll get onto the, the conditioning element as well, which doesn't just have to be miserable cardio that you don't enjoy doing. Because ultimately, what the reality is, if you don't enjoy doing something, how consistent are you going to be with it? How long are you going to keep it up for? And those two things, how long are you going to do something for and how consistent are you going to do it? 
that's going to be the determining factor of whether you make any decent progress or not, yeah. not the actual thing that you're doing. Yeah. Well, well, do you think people struggle to give themselves the freedom to play? Because it's something in a normal kind of fitness and gym environment, which is kind of, I don't see a lot of people, when I go to a commercial gym, I don't see a lot of people playing. They are doing quite regimented programs. It's, it's very structured. Um, do you think there, do you think there's a, so, a lack of social acceptance or, no, it's probably, that's not probably the right way to say it. Is it a lack of courage to step out and, and feel like you want to just play with movement and risk getting it wrong because we're constrained by everything that society tells us adults should behave like and we couldn't possibly look like we're failing at something? Yeah, I think a lot of the time people are scared to be seen to fail um, mm. or depending on what environment it is they're training in. Um, if you're in a gym and you've got it and it's full of like treadmills and cross trainers and mirrors everywhere and then a little weight section like the last thing you want to be doing is doing bear crawls and little handstand hops around in the space because you're thinking about what other people might be thinking of you whereas actually like I and that's my challenge though to people sorry <laughs> I just remember that, that is that's yeah, that that is it that's it in the nutshell it's like let's stop being so self-conscious about how we look and how we move and what we're doing and what other people are thinking. And we've said this a number of times before, Tim said it where like reality is that probably people aren't, it's just, we think they're looking at us. They probably aren't. Yeah. But then depending on how crazy you go with your, with your playtime, <laughs> they might well be looking at you. But if we can get to that point of like not caring as much, how much freedom that gives you mentally for your training. But then also like that starts uh, is I'm not, I'm not sort of being, not joking or being like f too fluffy about this to say that has the ability if you then allow it like you say tim give you permission to transcend into everything you're going to do and like god how many things do we not do on a day-to-day -day basis week-to-week -week basis year-to-year -year basis because we're worried about what the perception of that yeah. is and we just like confine ourselves all the time if people are looking at you, maybe actually they just want to play. <laughs> maybe they yeah, it's like maybe. they waggle their tail and it's like, yeah, it's game on. Or they pound yeah. out. What do, what do the dogs do when you. they like crouch down? <laughs> yeah, I think there's the, there may, maybe is a certain amount of that of people going. Like, is it liberating? Like play to play to us as when we are playing and when we play with movement, like I find that massively liberating It's some of the best sessions I have just messing about having fun, no reps and sets. I'm just going with whatever I want to do. And when I get bored of it, I'll go and do something else. And that might be going into a more structured part of my strength training session, but it might just not be, it might be 20 minutes of playing around on my hands, yeah. doing handstands. But I, I wonder whether there's that, is it, is play liberating to other people? Because when we first started training in the in the gym at, um, that we, where we started doing calisthenics, Jacko and I were the only people doing anything like that. And then fast forward two or three years and there's loads of people doing it. And it's, it's almost like, it's that really, really beautiful passage. And I, I can't remember the, the, the name of it for the life of me or, or the whole thing, but it, it talks about like having the courage to show and shine your own light, give us other people the courage to shine theirs. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the things around play. And, and like, like people will know that I've got a little boy and like, when I watch him play, it's just for the fun of it. It's not with any other purpose. And that's something that brings him so much enjoyment. And yet, as adults, we deprive ourselves of it. And, and people go, no, I play. And, and you know, if you've got a creative um, hobby or something, you like to draw or, or want to play music, whatever it might be, that is also a form of creative play. Yeah. But playing with movement, for me, is just like, if, you, if, you're, if you're somebody who likes to move, it's the ultimate in terms of just getting 
fulfillment from that. Yeah. Yeah. No pressure. Only the pressure that you put on yourself. And then we, and then like movement's best when you start, when you don't think you can do it or play is best when you don't think you can do it. When you then get a cotton onto a thread of going, do you know what? I'm trying to do this really hard movement thing. And I think I might be able to do it. And then it really annoys you that you can't. Then it becomes like a more like you, you move from play to just frustration. I've got, uh, Timbo, I've got a real life one for you from yesterday. I've been, I've been, um, it's called a, a kip up, you know, with like the Bruce Lee thing, like you get up off the floor and, um, I've over, I've I've played around with that, literally played because there's been that zero structure. It's like every now and again I go, I watch a YouTube video of my my favorite YouTuber, Pygmy, and he teaches me in five minutes and I can never do it. <laughs> but I was like, right, I'm going to try it. I just fancied it like yesterday. I know the day before and I was terrible. And then I, what, and I've never done it yet. I like watched a video. I always say this to people, like video yourself and you can see what you're doing wrong nine times out of 10. So I watched the video and I'm like, I'm getting my hips nowhere near where they need to be. So the next day, which was yesterday, like I have a few goes and then I get so close on one and I was so excited. It was like they talked to um, Glenn Stewart, the the National Circus, talked to us us about like the dopamine um, hit that you that that reward hormone that you get. Not once you've done it, when you think you're going to do something. So I was like buzzing. I've got it on my camera. I've not shared it yet. And I was like, I've done that. Sometimes I'm I'm in the garden and I've done something and Corin's sat inside and I've I've not done it, but I walk back in and I've got that. Watch this. I've got that. (laughs) I I I can do that. I mean, there was was no one there. So I was just doing it to my phone, like thinking I'm going to share this later. And I'm like, I'm definitely going to do this. I was like, and I was, and I talked about that, like the excitement of that's like almost like the most exciting bit of like, you haven't quite done it yet, but you know you're going to. And then it was like within. I think within two new goes, I like did it and I was like, like buzzing. And then, uh, but I didn't, yeah, no, I did catch that on camera. But then I thought uh, I had this idea of like, I was going to, right, let's cement it in. Like, let's do, let's do a few more to make sure I've got it. And, um, and I, <laughs> I tried to do something for now. I was like, pretended I fell over and I was like, oh, I've fallen over. How am I possibly going to get back up? And I was like, going to go like kip up. And then I went to do it. And obviously I couldn't, <laughs> I obviously couldn't do it the second time. <laughs> tried again, couldn't do it. But, what was funny was in other things that I might try and do, and everyone's had this feeling before where they can't do something anymore and then they panic and it's like, oh no, I've lost that ability to do that thing. Like people have talked to us before with like ring muscle-ups. Like, oh, I managed to do my first ring muscle-up the other day and I've tried to do it today and I can't do it anymore. And you're like, yeah, but you're just tired. You haven't recovered from the thing before. Um, and like I've felt that before where you like feel the, I don't know, there's just pressure you put yourself like, oh no, I, I should be able to do that thing that I did before. But for some reason, because it was this whole complete just play thing, it's just a something for fun. I was like, well, I wasn't bothered that I couldn't do it. I was like, when I can be, I'll come back to that tomorrow, the next day, or whenever, and, and I'm sure I'll do it again. It's just not having that. It's just that difference between, you know, don't get me wrong. There's there's a time and a place for like sort of regimented goal setting and having like a specific plan to follow and all the benefits of that. But at the same time, there is this like this opposite, this, you know, this stark contrast of like, mm. have a play and see what happens. Like you might discover that you can do something you didn't realize <laughs> that you could do or pick something that you think is quite cool and have a go at, at trying to figure it out without the worry of like, well, it's week three of this uh, Kip Up program and I haven't got to this stage yet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think the strength element is where that then comes back in for me because if I'm having a session where... I've had a bit of fun and I've been playing about with something, but it's just not clicking rather than let myself go to that frustration point. It's then, well, if the rest of my session 
question is something that is more like maybe structured or sets and reps or something I can just get my head down and follow something rather than have to overthink it then mm. I know that I'm still going to be benefiting that skill because the strength that I'm then going to get out of that next piece of my session is going to have a positive positive impact maybe on the next time I come back to playing maybe not the next day because I'm obviously going to be too tired but maybe the following week it starts to then click a little bit more um, yeah yeah there's definitely a relationship I think of going as I build strength I can have more fun like yeah. it <laughs> opens up new things all the time um, and I think that's where you, you sometimes you, you can like if people looked at my training for the last six months, they'll have looked at it and gone, Do you know what's really rigid? Like I've been doing big volume sets, same stuff, pull-ups, push-ups, dips, variations of them. And it's just volume, volume, volume. And I've really liked it because it's been a block of work that I've enjoyed. But the point of that in part is that I will then want to go and play at a different level. So if I'm going to go and have those opportunities to go and learn to move in new ways, then I need something to underpin it. And 100% the success of how these new things I want to learn from a play perspective is always built on having a bigger base of strength. Mm. And I think that's where the two things come so nicely together because you can play and you can have fun with the level of strength. And then you can also go and get strong in new ranges of movement in new positions, which don't feel like your standard just, okay, it's just pull-ups. Okay, well, let's go and learn to do an archer or a straight bar or, or whatever it might be. And then I'm going to go and use that strength to go and do something else. Um, yeah. Well, I think the same applies the same applies to movement though as well that some of the things that you might want to play around with are just outside your current movement capabilities or let's say like um movement capacity yeah, or you've mobility. You've done a lot on that, haven't you? Yeah, you've done and loads that, on that. That's been a big investment from your time. And the more when I find something to like try and play with rather than just do a specific like mobility drill or certain stretch or whatever it may be when i find something that's like i'm gonna play with like the uh the the bridge rolls and rolling on the wall there's lots of different variations you know we've got some of those progressions in the new strength play conditioning program where you get to work on a bridge but you're doing it in a like more playful explorative way that's less like just getting into a miserable position that you that you feel horrible in and you're like you're just fighting against something it's like how much is your brain wanting to adapt to that um and i think that there it just it gives you the opportunity to open up that movement capacity and that give you the more movement options that then yeah you can layer then the strength on top of that i just think those those two things go the same principle goes hand in hand i think what can sometimes be you know, everyone's a bit different. Like sometimes people find it really hard to create new range of motion. Sometimes other people find it really hard to like build strength. Um, but the, the, that play element that sort of stitches those sits in between those two things, stitches them together is like, you have the opportunity to use that play as your tool to, to either gain more strength, gain more movement and actually probably fuse those two things together and get a bit of both. I think playing in the form of calisthenics as well, like often people might look at, at some of the stuff like that George does, which is playing with the movement and amazing, like com- combination of strength and movement, like it looks incredible. But then to me, like an ice cream maker, which is an exercise for those that don't know, like top of a, imagine yourself pulling yourself into the top of a pull-up, keeping your body dead straight and then lowering yourself down into like a front lever position and then pulling yourself back up. You don't have to hold it. It's just kind of like a, it's almost like a, a pendulum kind of balance position as you pull yourself back through. So if you can do a pull-up, you can probably do an ice cream maker if you've got a little bit of core strength. But even if you're just starting out in calisthenics, just strap a big old green band on 
and just jump up and have a nice time doing an ice cream maker because it's just fun. Like you don't, it doesn't always have to be about strength and we'll always talk about earn the right to progress. But I do think there's a, and that's important of making sure that you can move with decent quality and, and it's a high quality pattern. But it doesn't mean that you can't just play around with some positions and just get into different shapes and and just let your body just feel what it's like to move in different ways. And, and I think that's the one thing for me around calisthenics, and this kind of leads me on to the next point I want to make uh, get your guys' um, thoughts on, is we've talked quite a bit about the play and the freedom of that and how it links in with strength. And there's, there's a lot of quick wins in play. Strength, as Jacko said, takes a longer period of time. But it's y- we can still go and play in new shapes and build strength in new positions. What do you, in terms of what we're talking about, like from a strength perspective, we might talk about things like tight rider pull-ups, or we might go to archer positions, some of the lower body progressions, pistols, shrimps, that sort of stuff, taking us away from our standard pull-up, push-up, dip and squat kind of patterns. Like, What are your thoughts on, on that? How does it fit into a program? And why do you think it's of value and enjoyable just to, to build strength in those different kind of patterns? That's a silent pause. <laughs> okay. That was a, I mean, I, I mean, that was that was. A, I teed that for five minutes. I mean, what, <laughs> so, there was something in so there I'm that somebody could have answered. Yeah. I'm like, so from a Crikey. like from a from a from a general perspective of like having those movement options, upper body and lower body, is just good for like our body requires movement, like for life. We it it want your body wants you to be able to move it. It doesn't want you to be to be stagnant and like some of those, some of that, I'm thinking particularly around like, um, just think of the, the situation of like the lower body stuff where we go, we're going to challenge your movement and your strength in some single leg variations that are really quite challenging from strength, from movement capacity, mobility, however you want to describe that. Um, and then like balance and stability thrown into the mix there as well. Um, and just getting outside of your sort of sagittal plane, straight up and down, uh, bilateral body weight squat, and just add, adding more, adding more load, and like that—that's just going to be like it's hard to argue. Surely everyone can see that like it's good to have those movement options. From a personal perspective, like my when I get to the point where I'm making good continuous progress, that I can just. Need, I want a break from work and I can just like go the sun shining, go into the garden, move about a bit and then just do a few like uh, Cossack squats and a few shrimp squats as like they're just the, the, with a tiny bit of movement. They're pretty much there in the locker. Like it just feels nice to be able to move through some of those decent ranges. Um, it feels good. Like the, the, the body likes it and it's not a case of like previously I'd have had to like do a huge amount of like prep work to be able to loosen off my hip flexors having been sat down and then the glute and blah, 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 to be able to actually get into some sort of decent shapes. And it's difficult and it's awkward because I'm only used to doing like back, you know, back in the day I'd have back squatted 160, 170 kilos playing rugby, but I couldn't diddly squat, do a flipping bit like pistol squat or something or, or a shrimp squat and couldn't diddly squat. That's a couldn't diddly squat. Yeah. Yeah. What's a diddly squat? It's, um, it's a I new need variation to work on. It's something you, need to, that's, you need to launch that. That could be your thing, it's the some, diddly squat. It's something I've been playing with. <laughs> I couldn't diddly squat squat. <laughs> with my, my like background in training, like when I was doing more sort of weightlifting um, based stuff as well. So like thinking more or worrying more about 
what I could back squat or front squat and then what I could squat clean. And that was what was most important to me at that point. But then playing with different variations of movement that felt kind of like I was playing more. So like your shrimp squats, pistols, dragon pistols, all that kind of stuff just kind of opened up my mind so much more to different possibilities, but just made my training way more exciting that now I rarely really touch a barbell because actually even when I did have a heavy back squat or what I sort of deemed as heavy for me, um, I couldn't do God, it. What's heavy? What's heavy? Gee, come on, <laughs> give us some numbers. Please say, please say more than Jacko's, please. <laughs> <laughs> I, think the, I think the most I ever back squatted was only... It's 25 kilos. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, I hope it's more than that now. Um, it was 115, I think, for me then. 115 yeah. over a dollar. Like, I was good with that. Um, yeah. Like, again, like there's always people doing more or less, and that really doesn't matter. It's got to be relative to you, and I think that's always a really important message. Like, not looking around at other people and like almost getting confused with your journey next to yeah. theirs. Um, and that was at one point in my life, I definitely had that. That was an issue for me. I used to struggle yeah. with it. So. I think finding that element more of playing in my training now completely eradicated that for me. I just want to share what I'm doing. And like you said, yeah. to me, I think last week, share what you know, um, yeah. in your own experience. And uh, so when it comes to sort of like your different pistol variations or the challenges that you put out on, on your stories that people get involved in, that to me is just like fun and exciting. And that's what wants me to like, keeps me wanting to move and, who would who would have known? Everyone would have found. Can you touch your heel? An exciting, yeah. uh, <laughs> exciting movement. Not one yet, but yeah. It's, <laughs> it's funny that you. One thing you said it just reminds me of something. My um, of that. Uh, you said like there's always someone can lift heavier than you or do whatever. Yeah, you know, there's there's only even like the world's strongest man, whoever that is currently right now, like someone will beat him at one point. And when I was very young, uh, it was related to like my dad taking me to rugby training. I don't know, but it sticks in my mind, but I've, it was, I was young, like, I don't know, maybe I was like 10, not even that old. And it sounds a bit negative and sometimes, but I think I understand what he means now of like, he said to me, they'll always like, no matter how, like I was trying to be very good at rugby and getting into like teams and you know, whatever. And it was like, there'll always be someone better. And it was, I was, at the time, I think I found that a bit like, must a bit, bit negative, but I think it was more like releasing like, so it, it, it's fine that, that, you're, that you're not necessarily the best or the biggest or the strongest. Like you've got to find your, find your way, find your, like what's, what's right for you. Like um, in that rugby context, it was like, what, are, what can you be good at? Um, it's an interesting point when you start thinking about relative strength though, because like you might be a 120 kilo rugby player and there's probably a four foot eight Chinese weightlifter who is like warming up on your PB <laughs> like and and that and she is the best <laughs> at, the, at the under 50 kilo category but if it's 52 kilos then she's not the strongest anymore yeah. do you know what I mean so it's, it's always nice. relative to, to how you to what you can do and how you want to move and I was like never going to be the guy who was going to be shifting big weights in the gym my body's just not built like that but put me in a calisthenics environment and I probably can hold my own okay like I've got a light frame I'm a small I've got a slight build so it's finding that place where you're comfortable and with yourself and what you do and and there's some of the stuff that I love the handstand strength stuff for me as most people will know is like I just flipping gets me going like I'm good at it and I enjoy it probably I enjoy it because I'm good at it I think I am anyway um but there's just some, I also think there's some stuff around when I throw things in like tight, I'm doing quite a lot of tight writer 
type push-ups on the parallel bars at the moment in my workouts. And I just think it's cool to move from rather than just going up and down all the time. I like the way and the challenge it feels for me to shift weight from side to side. I, I really like my, my Cossacks at the moment because I'm sitting into a deep position the same kind of position as you're going to be in a pistol squat, but one leg outside, out to the side in a, like a deep lateral lunge position. And I've got a barbell at home, a 20 kilo one. I sometimes do it with a vest on, but trying to push 20 kilos out of that bottom position in a Cossack is flipping hard. And I reckon there's people that can back squat 160 kilos like Jacko, who would be a million miles away from doing that because they get good at that same pattern. And, and there's nothing wrong with that if that's your thing. But the way that I look at how I want to move is like, well, the body can move in that range. And yeah, okay, we're not going to go and put 160 kilos on a Cossack, but using appropriate load through appropriate ranges of movement or, or ranges of movement that you've got control through is just strengthening your all-round movement ability and giving you more movement options. And those are the things that I want to keep when I get older. I want to be able to move in more ways for as long as I can because that is life. Like That is snowboarding. That is climbing mountains. That is going wakeboarding and not like rogering yourself because you're flipping stiff as a board and you've got all this stuff your body can do and, and that's why i think strength and play is fun it's like we've got that element that we've talked about but you're also you're doing like strength that training that the body is going to value because it's you're 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 sustaining and maintaining all the different movement options that it's got rather than just going front to back all the time sagittal playing squat row press Pool. and you think how linear you generally move day to day anyway so like the small amount of time you spend in the gym like part of your week it's absolutely nothing compared to like what you're doing day to day with work or when you're out and about and we move really really linear when we are most of us anyway like if you're sat at a desk all day or in a car and just or picking your shopping bags up like everything is just super linear it's like if you actually explore outside of those movement patterns that's gonna really like and put that like general health and overall movement that you've got available to you and the whole point of it surely is for that longevity that's like for me I st I'm thinking about what's it going to be like when I'm 80 <laughs> yeah um, and seeing other people like looking at my nan and and seeing how they move and going like how can I almost make this that point in my life as good as it possibly can be because I don't want to be clinging to a Zimmer frame <laughs> like that's, that's how Current I I've got this there's a few people that like run around near us, like older, older guys, and they're probably 60s, well, actually probably 70s, maybe one guy is older than that. Either he's, either that, he's just done a lot of running and he's just got that like, weather beaten, like runs every night, but he's fast. Like I don't think I could keep up with him. But every time we see like an older person out exercise, Car and I just look at each other and go, legend. That is me. Like, and it might not be pretty. Like, it might be like, okay, strides a bit short. It's maybe not getting full 90 degrees of hip flexion. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Like, he's out there maintaining and sustaining um, a movement capacity. And, he, and we see these people all the time. I just think that's, that's where I want to be because I reckon when he goes home to do his just day-to-day -day life, everything's easier because he's out there doing that work. And he's, I think the biggest thing is people either get stuck into one way of moving and they get really good at it and then don't have anything else or they just stop. And then they have that period of their life where careers and families and whatever become a priority, which is great. But it's really hard then to get it back, I think. Yeah. And you, you've got to then, and we, that's one thing I think is really interesting about our community of people is the amount of messages we get from people going on 50. Is it too late to start? And I'm like, it's the perfect time yeah. to start and start wherever you are. And then just don't worry about whether it looks difficult or not, but just do something for you and find your, find your place. And like, let's just see where that goes. Yeah that phrase if you don't use it you lose it that's it yeah 
And that applies to everything, like in physically, mentally, the lot. Mm. Let's talk conditioning. Yeah, I was going to say. This is a good one. Someone might, you might be listening and going like, yeah, that's all well and good, like having a bit of a play and like, okay, I can see how there's some strength progressions that you can that you can do that are a little bit explorative, a little bit of play, but conditioning is like, you know, cardio, like running, um, cycling, or like uh, interval training, hit stuff that's just miserable. You need to sweat and you just have to do it to build up some of that like aerobic and anaerobic base, like however you want to, however you want to play it. Like what's your, what's your answer to that, Tim, in terms of how, do, how, how are we at the scorecard Alex making it a little bit more, obviously if it's going to be conditioning, it's got to be some hard work done. We're not just tickling each other, but how are we making it? How are we making it? The tickling happens afterwards for that sort of down regulation, but how are we making it? How are we making it fun? Yeah, we're just enhancing the parasympathetic response by the yeah. cuddle and tickle little, after little tickle. science. Um, it's unpublished papers, though. Um, yeah, I think it's, it, for me, it's about broadening it out. And, like, I've done various different forms of conditioning, and I still do now. Like, I like a 5K trail run. Like, I like to get in the woods and the trees. That's my favorite thing to go. If I want to go and do something like that, I want to go and run, get me in the trees, get me on a trail. Like, I, I actually don't really ever run on the roads around the streets because I don't like it. It's, it's boring. Um, I much I like the varied terrain and to be honest I like being in the nature a bit more there's nothing particularly relaxing about running down a road with commuters driving home at the end of the day um, breathing in traffic fumes so this is a couple of real benefits for me of how we've kind of structure this conditioning it's a new thing we've never really kind of put out content like this before and we've taken our time and, and georgie i think back and 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 to jack we went away to ireland to work to do a workshop last july and we were having this conversation i was like trying to chew this through go what does it look like if if the school of calisthenics puts out conditioning workouts and I, and I think there's a it's kind of come to a point where we really feel confident about what it looks like and it is a combination of this strength and play it's making workouts which are interesting to do effective but also prioritize movement quality. So one of the challenges that we're putting in, in as many workouts as we can is, can we include movements which are multiplanar? And, and by that, I mean, not just forwards and backwards, like squats and, and push-ups, but can we throw in a push-up variation which causes it to move laterally? Or can we put some rotation in there? Or can we just move in different ways? Because you'll see people do conditioning sessions, which is, I'm going to go bike, I'm going to run, I'm going to row. And you're like, okay, cool. They're all sagittal plane movements, which is fine. Like they're effective and you can burn calories by them. And you can improve fitness. That's, and, and ultimately, let's, let's not get away from the, the truth that we are sagittal plane creatures. Like we are best moving forwards um, in, in a linear pattern. But this idea that I, I've, if my philosophy around how I want to move is built up around having movement options, then I, so why can't I use those to improve a conditioning element and it's just going and george i'm going to get your points on this next but rather than going i'm going to get tired and then go and do something really complex in calisthenics like a ring muscle up i'm just going to use these slightly easier progressions which might include a archer push-up as opposed to a standard push-up because it's causing me to get into some different shapes and patterns and how am i going to put these into a into a workout to kind of create effectively some density some volume i'm going to minimize my rest periods i'm going to elevate my heart rate and that's going to help me to build fitness and it, fitness can feel like a complicated thing or it can feel like it's got to be a real grind but you can bosh out 250 odd calories which is a decent amount like in in 10 15 minutes if you put your workouts together and it doesn't need to be 45 minutes on the treadmill which is like soul destroying yeah 
George, you talked about that, your philosophy, because you obviously from a CrossFit, we have a CrossFit background um, and loads of kind of exposure to the mindset around that sort of stuff and how CrossFit programs work out. And then obviously what we're now trying to put together as, as a, as a, our kind of solution to some of that. Yeah, I think what I'm, I'm sort of most excited about with this is um, that we're keeping it sort of sim- simple but effective. So like the movements will be different, but uh, moving in different sort of planes of movement, but not overly complex that you get to that point where you might be completely gassed out and then having to perform something that is really technical, which you're going to at some point lose that control over that, uh, that movement as such. Whereas this kind of conditioning, like the way that I want to see conditioning or experience it myself, is being able to still feel in control of what it is I'm doing. Um, and I think that's important. I've, I've always been sort of an advocate for trying to move as well as possible and focus on the quality of something before the intensity. Um, and I think that's really important. To be fair, as, as CrossFit as a whole, they will always preach quality before intensity. Um, I do think no matter what gym you're in, you're always going to see people that are struggling to apply that. Um, but but that's part of the competitive nature yeah. of, the, of the of the game, right? Like when you're when you're put against each other, it's like that's the first thing to go. And we do on rugby pitch, right? Like you're flipping yeah, sacrifice quality sport, to try and win. Yeah, exactly. Any sport has that kind of uh, people being competitive or at the end of the day, your goal is to win, like you're not necessarily going to be maintaining perfect mechanics throughout everything that you're doing because that's not your goal. But I think if you're training and you want to be well conditioned for life, then you need to be putting that thought process, like are you, are you a competitor or you're not a competitor? If you're not a competitor and you just want to be fit and healthy, focus on the quality of the movement more than anything. Um, yeah. And then it doesn't matter how fast you're going or how many rounds you're getting compared to the person next to you, because that shouldn't matter because it's your process and it's your journey and that's your conditioning. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think as well, like it actually ties in with some of the stuff we were saying before. I don't see this as a, as a, as a different like topic altogether, because if you've building up that base of like movement options that Tim was talking about and being strong through some of these different um, options, then are we not creating a more robust like human movement system and more robust movement patterns so that when you do push yourself a bit further, it all just doesn't come tumbling down because actually you don't have those options. Um, and then I think that what, what you said, Tim, about building up strength so you can play at a, you can play at then a higher level. And I said the same thing with movement. When we, when we give ourselves more movement options, we can then play with more difficult movement things. If you've done that in terms of your with your play you're developing like strength and different movement options and you're leveling those things up when you come to your conditioning you're able to play at a slightly different level with your conditioning so that you don't have to do you know just burpees and push-ups because that's and run because they're the only things that you can handle at that higher intensity you can do some of these more uh slightly different uh, variations and options of pushing pulling um lower body stuff etc because you've got you've you've earned the right to have those options you get to you know it's conditioning and it's hard work but you're you've earned the right to play a little bit with it yeah i think that's that's what um really drew me in and and i love about calisthenics is that you spend so much time working those basics as well like obviously you've got that play and the skill element to it but you're building this solid foundation that then actually if you are performing something under fatigue 
you're far more likely to maintain that control and awareness in yourself than somebody that hasn't built that base strength. Like even if you look at a move, movement as simple as a burpee, like you can do a burpee badly. You can, you can kind of flop to the floor with no control. And, and when you want to be moving and getting a response of that like explosive power, yeah, you are going to drop to the floor, but actually have you got the control in your midline to be able to get back up again without compromising the positioning of your body? Um, maybe that's hard to explain. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And I think this is where it comes in for me with conditioning and the sorts of stuff that we're talking about is if, you, if you're going to include strength as a f- part of a conditioning session, then there has to be a focus on movement quality. And you could arguably say, if you're going to go and do a running session, there should be a focus on movement quality. But we all see people, and we've all done it because you kind of run to, to redline, where your movement mechanics are going to fall apart when you're running. But the idea would be when it's strength-based work, if we're going to do push-ups and we need to have decent quality and and that's sometimes going to mean that you've got a trade-off between how high you can get your heart rate and how high you can sustain it because you're going to get muscular fatigue not just the respiratory demand of doing a cardio-based session and this is where I think there's the real value of taking a bit of a mixed approach to conditioning work and going well this is a strength and conditioning type session this is the outcome and I'm very clear on the fact that I want to move well and I want to be strong and I'm going to develop some strength as a result of doing it and I'm also going to structure it so that I'm going to minimize the rest periods structure the workout as an AMRAP or an EMOM or whatever it might be and I'm going to get a conditioning element mm. but if I really want to go and just do conditioning work purely we'll go for a run like Cara and I were doing sprints in the parks um, up until quite recently. Just go out there and let's just sprint. Let's just run. Let's go and go out on a bike. Like I, I love going out on a mountain bike with Jack now. And I see that for me on a Saturday, if we go mountain biking in the peaks, that's a conditioning session for me. So when we're riding up a, up a trail, I'm flipping hammering it because he's having a nice time out, but I'm getting a conditioning session. Faster, I'm Daddy, intensi- faster. Yeah, he's like that uphill. I'm like, mate, stop it. You're making me feel bad. I'm getting old. But I'm, I'm getting those intensity minutes racked up and I'm, I'm like, I'm coming back and I'm going, flipping, that was brilliant. And I've been outdoors and I've spent time with Jack. And, and I just think it's, for my encouragement is, where I see my back, my, my garden-based 20-minute AMRAP is part of a bigger picture of how I do conditioning. But it is a super effective way to keep, like that fitness element moving, get some intensity in, get those endorphins flowing, burn some calories if that's what you want to do and, and your body composition is an objective or a goal. But it's right there in my garden. It's fun. I'm moving well. So it just starts ticking a load of boxes. And it's not 10 minutes or 15 minutes of a well-structured session is not so intimidating that you're like, oh, I can't do that today. Just do 10 minutes. Right? And do 10 minutes regularly. And you're probably going to do a lot of good for yourself. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So Tim, if if people are people are interested in um, in in trying out some of the strength play and the conditioning work, just give them a bit of a an insight overview into what they can what they can expect with the new um, the new workouts and material that we've uh, that we've just launched recently. Yeah, so it now sits as part of our, our online training platform, our virtual classroom called Strength Play and Conditioning. And within that, we've created two different training programs, or cl- we call them like courses. But basically, there's an exercise library, strength. Um, strength and play exercise tutorials and you can go in there and there's push pull lower body core exercises just things that you may have seen before and you want a little bit of tutorial guidance on it some new ideas to play with if you want to know how to do a tight right or pull up then it's in there um, and you, we're going to take you through the exercise techniques and the regressions and progressions that are going to help you to, to get it nailed down um, there's also the strength play and conditioning workout section where we are creating training programs that the coaching team has designed that we've tested ourselves and we've put them together, multiplanar movements, 
everything from circuits or um, let's say we've got a 20-minute AMRAP is, is one of them. We've got some like EMOMs, so as many reps as possible or every minute on the minute. These kind of like conditioning-based workout formats, which just give us a chance to play around with different variables, make things a little bit more interesting. Those are in the conditioning side, so you can get all that sort of benefit we've just been talking about. But there's also strength workouts where we are playing with Yes, movements and moving in different ways, but also reps and sets. We're getting away from three times 10 and just doing that all the time and thinking that's how we do strength training. There's so many more ways that we can use the different variables within the training session to create progressive overload, give yourself a new stimulus, move yourself forwards towards, if it is a muscle up or something else you're working towards, or you just want to do some some different things and you want to move in different ways. These are ways in which we can structure a workout session to create a really strong stimulus, which creates different adaptation, and we're doing some good stuff for our heads as well. So jump in there. You can get seven days on a free trial to go and check out everything in there. That's all the movement-specific classrooms as well. You can get the access to our beginners programs. If you're a beginner, don't be put off by what we've we've been talking about and think, oh, crack, I've seen these typewriters. Like, they look really difficult. There's progressions towards all of it, but it's also lots of beginners workouts going to go in there. And it's an ever growing, changing and evolving space where we are going to be adding workouts weekly or on a regular basis, at least where we're going to start to be adding new things. The coaching team are going to be writing programs um, and just giving you ways to freshen up your training program and some bringing some just, yeah, some fun and some variety into what your weekly training structure might look like. Yeah. And uh, you can even get 50% off for your first month and the link is in the show notes for that. Very good. I didn't get to be as opinionated as I wanted to be. <laughs> Before we went on air, Tim said he was. This was going to be. He was going to come in fiery. But um... yeah, no, it turned out to be a very good conversation. I enjoyed that. Some good. Uh, some good sharing. Hopefully, people like. And I just we want to like go back to that point of. of um, find it liberating or give you the freedom. Like if you've never had the confidence to play. Just pick one thing, pick something that we do that you've seen us do or you find in the classroom or whatever and just go and find a little corner of the gym where flipping everybody else isn't really watching you if you feel like that and just play and just have a go or do it at home and just come back to us and tell us that you didn't have a good time. Yeah. Um, and you'll probably just then become addicted to calisthenics like we are. And if you're at home and you've got kids, I haven't, but I see it all the time with Tim and, and also other people sharing stuff like, when you start doing that, you will see they will automatically just jump on board and they'll be like, Oh, this is playtime, is it? We're just having a bit of we're having a bit of fun and you you get that you get that great time where but you're still getting a workout done. But it just doesn't feel like a workout. Yeah, I mean that is hard when I'm trying to do like a tuck row and <laughs> jumps all on of it. a sudden eighteen year old eighteen eighteen year old. <laughs> that'd be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean that'd be really weird. Um an eighteen kilo Let's call him a toddler. He's, I don't know if he's technically, but just climbs on you. He's like, again, daddy. But like, so the workout gets stopped. But I, I, just, I just think there's just, there's also there's a complete aside point of massive value in kids seeing you exercise. Mm. It's showing them good habits and it becomes a really normal thing for them, um, which is obviously going to be great for their long-term development so. and as he grows you get that progressive overload like in a year's time it'll be in that 20 yeah. kilos and apart, from I, yeah. <laughs> apart from as i get older i'm probably going to get weaker <laughs> yeah, so. at some point there's gonna be that crossover where he's 25 and he's and he's jumping on you going yeah. one more daddy yeah i'll be but i'll be i'll be jumping on him and he's going yeah i'll be still be yeah. SSC coaching be, what him. point will that swap over that you... <laughs> yeah when he becomes stronger than me yeah. <laughs> and then 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 i rely on wisdom and knowledge as opposed to brawn and beef which i've never really had anyway so i just i'll baffle him with science <laughs> shazam yeah. it's just do it. i would say just do it that's what corin says to me she goes your job's really easy you just stand on the side and just go do it again 
again. I was like, well, there is a certain amount of that. Sounds like Jack. Do that. Do it again. Again. (laughs) Again. Georgie, thanks for your input. Yeah. It was really nice to have you join us on the podcast. And uh, more of these. I like these roundtable coaching discussions. I think we can do more of these. (laughs) If you like them, let us know. And uh, we're going to, well, we'll see whether we're going to wrap this one up. Georgie, you're going to bring us home. Don't let us down. I'm sure you must know how this thing ends. But awkwardly say bye. (laughs) (laughs) You know, thanks for having me. I'll see you next time, guys. Yeah, school's out for the summer. <laughs> uh, so thank you, thank you everyone for listening. As Tim said, like let us know what you thought of the podcast. If you haven't given us a, a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast, uh, we would really appreciate um, a review. And, and if you find that this resonates with you or and you think someone else you know or train with would uh, benefit from hearing some of the thoughts and ideas, then please do share it with your friends and loved ones. Um, But other than that, we've got nothing else to say apart from until next time, don't let me down. (laughs) Class dismissed. So thank you so much again for listening. We don't take it lightly that you uh, give up probably an hour of your time to listen to these podcasts. And we really do appreciate that. We hope you got a lot of value out of it, guys. And we would, if you did, we would love you to do a couple of things for us. One of them is tell us other people and share it if you thought that we were adding some value. And also, if you want to, pop over to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this and give us a five-star review. We like five stars. Four stars, not as good keep it five are the best five of your best stars please (laughs) and if you would like to find out more about the school of calisthenics and see the best of everything that we have got head over to our virtual classroom you can access it from the website at schoolofcalisthenics.com and that is where we have got literally possibly the best calisthenics resource available anywhere in the world definitely the best one we've done and on that note until next week class dismissed